Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the NFL playoff time, and there's no better place to get into the action than FanDuel. Awesome new and existing User promotions, America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. And FanDuel is now live in Ohio. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Uh, what a season. Pretty incredible. Crazy how fast it goes. No more football. I don't count the XFL or the USFL. No more NFL football or college football, obviously, till early September. Luckily for us, the combine, free agency, the draft will keep us rocking and rolling for a while. Still have some thoughts on on what we witnessed last night in the Super Bowl. We'll discuss that. What a game. What an outcome. What a legacy definer for the Chiefs and Mahomes and Andy. We will discuss that as well as, you listen, I'm still very bullish on the Eagles moving forward. I've heard some negativity or seen it on the interweb uh, about why they might be in trouble moving forward cap-wise and some of their free agents. I I, want to discuss some of the positive things they got going for them. One of the big stories over the weekend that me and Cower didn't get to discuss on Sunday night was Carr uh, exercises no trade clause and will be released. Uh, ha- have some thoughts there, as well as the Middlecoff mailbag. I need you guys. Need you. Ne- ne- this is what I ride you guys. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Pepper me with any question you have. Football, life, you name it. Fire in those DMs at John Middlecoff and get your question answered out here on the show. We do them Tuesdays. We put one out on the weekend. Might actually transition that one to Friday's podcast now. We will see. But my Instagram, fire in those DMs, as well as if you listen on Colin's feed, make sure you subscribe to the 3 and Out feed. Check out the Volumes YouTube page. A lot of content going. I'm obviously full speed ahead. The Golf Podcast starts up this week. Go low just on this feed. Tiger Returns. Uh, waste management was which was just in my backyard. The Netflix special full swing start. So we we will have a lot of content. I've already lost a lot of money gambling on golf and won a little and won a little. Um, thanks to Max Homa. So we will dive deep into that. And uh and, and yeah, uh where, where do I want to start here? Before I dive into the Chiefs, one one thing that really stood out, I spent a lot of Sunday night watching the two quarterbacks talk. Obviously, Mahomes kind of running around the field and watching Jalen's post-game press conference. Those guys, and really the majority of young quarterbacks, this is why with the draft not far away 
And there's definitely three quarterbacks that are going to be discussed at nauseum. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levis. Character and wiring means so much at that position. You can get away with it at other positions. You clearly do get away with it at other positions. But it's a tried and true formula. The higher level guys are usually the higher level players. And Mahomes... It's just the total package. I mean, you watch him talk after the game, the the praise he gives his coaches, his teammates. He never, ever feels like a me, I guy for this guy who's an absolute legend in the biggest sport in America, and he's 27 years old. To have that type of maturity, I mean, just think about it yourself. I'm, I'm 38. He's more mature than me. You know, most people I know, most of my friends in our mid-30s are not that mature relative to the weight of a franchise, of a fan base, the way he handles himself. Uh, Colin mentioned it last night. Like It's just reflective of your parents and who raised you. And Jalen's the same thing. Son of a coach, the wiring the guy has. Mahomes clearly has more natural ability, especially when it comes to his arm. You know, Jalen's a better runner, but Jalen has gotten so much better in three years. The way you improve, we often, and rightfully so, give a lot of credit to coaches, and they get paid a lot of money to improve these guys. But it's a six-month year of sport, right? OTAs is kind of a joke now. It's A lot of it's on you, your discipline, your focus, your desire, your drive. And this is something, you know, back when the day when I was going to these scouting meetings and during the draft and free agency, you spend so much time discussing. Because ultimately, you're signing the human being. The, the human, the guy, as much as the player. And you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And these are two guys that just constantly get better. And obviously Mahomes is the peak, you know, just doesn't get much better. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the greatest athletes in the history of this country. Uh, but Jalen, what he has done and what he has accomplished is remarkable. Because improvement when I, I did not think he was going to be this good. Hell, I thought he was going to be a running back. He couldn't throw in college. And anyone listening to this that watched him has to agree. He was not a great thrower. He's dramatically better thrower now. He is good enough to win a Super Bowl. We'll dive into some of the Eagle stuff. But when I think about the Chiefs, and I was obviously in Philly around Brett Veach and Coach Reed, the number one thing to me, having just 24 hours to think about that stands out to me about their franchise is synergy. And how everyone in that organization, at least their three most important employees, the coach, the GM, and the quarterback, are all on the same page. They speak each other's language. When Mahomes talks about the team, first two people he often mentions, Andy Reid, Brett Veach. And now he has hard evidence that they will do whatever it takes for that team to win. And for him specifically, remember just a couple weeks ago when he hurts his ankle, against the Jacksonville Jags. Most coaches do not care. We'll just go down with the ship. That guy limping around. Andy Reid told him, pointed at the back. You're not going back in that game, Patrick, until you get an x-ray. And if the x-ray is cool, you can come back in the game. And, like, listen, in the heat of the moment, a, a lot of coaches might have been like, oh, go tough it out. Now, ultimately, he came back in the game, and he turned out to be fine, and he was obviously able to play from there on out. But Patrick has seen the coach who not only believed him as a player, but loves him as a human and takes care of him as a player and a general manager that last offseason, I wouldn't say made a controversial move, but 
They traded one of the best players in franchise history and one of the greatest deep threats we've ever seen. And they came back the next year, locked and loaded with talent everywhere. They were much more of a complete team. Their defense was dramatically better. He has seen over the last couple of years, their defense dramatically improved. Offensively, he can land a seventh round rookie who'd be a stud. He can revamp the offensive line. So Patrick Mahomes now has a front row seat of obviously his coach is a future Hall of Famer and an all-time great, but his GM can just revamp an organization. So this organization has three guys that have complete trust in each other. Brett Veach's career started as Andy Reid's personal assistant. And now he's his general manager with the Kansas City Chiefs and putting together a Hall of Fame resume as an executive. So when I think the Chiefs, I think synergy and I think cohesion. It's one thing, because ultimately with the Patriots for a long time, it wasn't three people because Bill was also the GM. It was just two. Now, it doesn't mean you're always going to agree. It doesn't mean you're always going to be singing kumbaya. But Mahomes, or excuse me, Brady and Belichick, Brady always knew that Belichick would do what it took to put the best team forward. And for 20 years, they consistently won at the highest level. And I think these three guys now are just operating on a level that just, for the most part, is in a different world than everyone else in the league from the sense of they just have the best quarterback and they have the best coach. And obviously, it's a great fan base. They have a really talented team. They have a really good talent evaluator. They're just kind of the total package right now. And they're probably another Super Bowl in the next couple of years. Start calling this thing a dynasty. They're clearly the number one franchise in the league right now in terms of five straight AFC championship games. Patrick Mahomes has never played. Think about this. He's never played a road playoff game. Only home playoff games beside the Super Bowl. So in five years as a starter, he has been only home playoff games and been three Super Bowls. So they, they are just kicking ass and taking aim. And speaking of the coach, I'm a big believer with talented people that the cream always rises, that eventually the talent rises above everyone else. Now, one thing as you age, you realize not everyone's path to success is the same line. There is no direct path that if, if I do something a specific way and have success, and then you ask me for advice and I tell you just to copy me, it's not possible. We all have to run our own race. We all have to take you know, different lines to where we want to get. Not every road goes in the same direction in our individual careers. But I believe to my core that if you're really good at what you do, you obviously have to possess some things. A strong work ethic is very important. And a will to not kind of tap out, whether you consider that discipline, whether you consider that a relentless mindset, grit, whatever, however you want to describe it, just a willingness every day or you know five, six days a week to just keep on swinging and not be detoured by failure because I don't care what you do. There are going to be setbacks. I don't care how good you are. Belichick got fired. Steve Jobs got fired. You know, very successful people go bankrupt. Like, welcome to life. It's hard. Andy Reid got fired once upon a time. I know I was there. I got fired about three or four months later. But Andy's a great example. In my life, he, he is his work ethic is unparalleled. Never seen anything like it. Because part of it was just his energy. He has an energy, and I'm a big believer in this, that 
in most human beings that, you know, definitely like talk for a living, motivational people, they always tell you this, but I, I, I do believe it's true that find what you're passionate about and do that for a living. It's not because like it makes life super happy and every day is great. It's because it's so much easier to work when you like what you do, right? I don't care whether you talk about football for a living, whether you sell software or whether you make turkey sandwiches at the number one deli in America. There are going to be days when you're mad, when you're angry, when you don't want to go to work. That's We're all human beings. But when you do enjoy it at its core, you are more likely to work. You know, you're more likely to just, hey, I'm working on Sunday night and it doesn't feel like work. Hey, I'm in the office Friday afternoon when my buddies are playing golf. I got shit to do. This is part of the deal. And Andy's work ethic, I I, I think is it's got to be. And listen, football, these guys are wired kind of crazy. The amount of hours they work is not like many industries, maybe Wall Street, maybe some financial you know, jobs, but it's pretty rare. I don't care what you do to work 100-hour weeks. And that's what a lot of coaches do. And his ability, even in his mid-60s, to be just doing this now for 30-plus years in the NFL. I mean, he's been coaching for 40-plus. And to love it as much now as he did when he was 30 years old is honestly why a lot of coaches, they have success because it keeps them young. Because it's you're still coaching a kid's game, but you get paid a lot of money to do it. And clearly, Andy is he's got two things going for him, right? He has a natural feel for offensive play calling. I, I, I think I don't know if you're born with that. I mean, you're clearly taught that over time, but I think we have evidence that some guys are better at it than others, right? And the other thing that I don't know if he quite gets enough credit for is he's unreal with players. Players love him whether he trades you, whether he cuts you, that he just resonates with them at a very personal level. And it comes natural to him. That's a natural kind of way that he interacts with guys. And I think he just cemented himself as a Hall of Famer. But he's a good example for a long period of time. It's like, ah, he's just not good enough to win the big one. He's got all these wins, but he doesn't have a championship to show for it. And being a football coach is probably not much different than most businesses. A lot of things are out of our control, right? Even if, you know, whether you're in real estate, you get to purchase the land. But if a major recession hits over something that you had nothing to do with and no one could foresee coming, you might be in some trouble. It does not mean that that land wasn't a good purchase. He drafted Donovan McNabb, several-time Pro Bowler, really good player, had some flaws. He was out of shape in a Super Bowl. Hard for me to puking on the final drive. Hard for me to put that one on the coach. Alex Smith, really, really solid player. Clearly had a very, very low ceiling. Even Michael Vick, who had the incredible year, he got him out of fucking prison. So now, think of the great coaches of our lifetime, right? I'm 38, so let's just go the last like 40 years. Bill Walsh, Bill Belichick, and let's you know, uh, Bill Parcells. All three of them are really defined by one player. Walsh, Montana. Parcells, Lawrence Taylor. Belichick, Brady. There's like three of the greatest five players in the history of the league. Like Bill Belichick is not Bill Belichick if he stumbles into Donovan McNabb. 
Bill Walsh is not Bill Walsh if his quarterback is Boomer Esiason, who's a good player, right? So every great coach has to have a great player. Phil Jackson, and I always say this, it's hard. Like, let's face it. Most coaches, whether you're a good high school coach, whether you're a good college coach, or whether you're a good pro coach, can take a solid starter and get him to overachieve. Can get an overachieving player and have him have a good season. Like, that's most coaches worth their salt can function with that. But not most coaches can handle elite players. And I would say one of Andy's greatest traits is you give him the cream of the crop, that's who he coaches the best. And those guys excel under his watch, just like they did with Belichick, just like they did with Bill Walsh, just like they did with Bill Parcells, just like they did with Phil Jackson. To be a great coach, you need great players. But then with those great players, can you have them sustain their level of play year in, year out? I think Mike Tomlin said that on, I think he said that to McVeigh and Schrager on their podcast a couple years ago. That's what any coach can take a C player, turn them into a B. But can you take my A player and have him play like an A every single year? And that's what Andy's doing with the best thing that's ever happened to him, Patrick Mahomes. And now he's kicking everyone's ass consistently. I mean, he's won the division six straight years. Well, who's going to pick them to not win the division next year? Not me, not you. So very happy for Coach Reed's success and well-deserved. And it just shows you, you just keep swinging. You just keep swinging. If you have talent, we all go through shitty times. He's gone through, he got fired 10 years ago. He got fired. Think about that. Fired. Fired. How many of you listening have been fired? Probably not that many. You know, I, I, I meet people all the time, like never been fired. I've been fired twice. It's just depending on what business you work in. Um, it's it just, you know, certain industries, you can be more inclined to be quote unquote laid off or, or fired, but you know, it just, it's just pretty awesome for him. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking to get more out of the NBA season? Well, now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back 
if your first bet doesn't win. The promo code is always Colin. FanDuel has tons of betting options. I like the same game parlay. Bet a little, win a lot. FanDuel's app is safe, secure, easy to use, and you get paid your winnings really fast. The no-sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. Promo code Colin. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-717 for confidential health in Michigan, 1-877-HO P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. And then on the Eagles, I saw a lot of people today talking about how Philly has kind of peaked. You know, the cap space situation, they got a lot of free agents and I got to push back. I'm very bullish on the Eagles future. And one thing, you know, Colin and I talked about, anyone worth their salt that watched that game had to be like, God damn, they have a quarterback who you can win a Super Bowl with. Now, is Jalen ever going to be consistently a top two or three guy year in, year out? Probably not. Like, I, I wouldn't take Jalen over, wouldn't take him over Mahomes, wouldn't take him over Allen. I, I wouldn't take him over Herbert, right? I, you know, I, I just wouldn't. Trevor Lawrence, I'm betting for the next 10 years. Like, I, I'm still leaning that way. But if you wanted to argue with me, I'd listen to you. Jalen has turned into a fantastic quarterback. And even if it becomes the best version of like Dak, Cousins, and kind of that, you know, 8 to 12 tier, you can win a Super Bowl with that crew if you do a good enough job building your team. And here's what I know the Eagles' greatest asset is. Their general manager. Howie is one of the great wheeler and dealers in the NFL. Think about it. A couple years ago, Carson Wentz was clearly damaged goods. They got a first-round pick for him. Last year, they had all these first-round picks. They weren't going to use them all. They preyed on the New Orleans Saints, who in what world could, could convince themselves they were a player away? The Eagles have the 10th pick in this draft on top of their own picks. But so, yeah, they have some free agents. But here's what I know about the Eagles. They have a quarterback who is good enough to win a Super Bowl with. But you have to have more than that. Well, they have a really good offensive line with several guys under contract and and arrow pointing up. They have two stud wide receivers who are not going anywhere. They have a tight end who's a top five tight end in the NFL. They have several impact defensive linemen all under contract. And like I said, they have the 10th pick in the draft so they can get an impact player. And Howie is always one of the more active traders in the NFL, I would feel very good. And overall, the other thing that you should be the most bullish on, like unlike the Chiefs, every year you make the Super Bowl in the AFC, like, God damn, that was hard. We had to go through Burrow. We had to go through Josh Allen. We had to go through the Jags, Herbert. I mean, he's got maybe Deshaun Watson gets good again, even though I don't know if I'd bet on that one. Maybe Sean Payton gets the Broncos rolling. It's hard. You know, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. There's just teams everywhere with a lot of talent. That ain't the NFC. I mean. Think about the NFC. Who is really good? 
49ers? I mean, they still got major questions at quarterback. The Cowboys? I mean, there, there are three teams that you feel like pretty confidently they're good. The Vikings, kind of. I mean, they got a couple good players. Their defense, I don't trust at all. The Giants, I mean, they their quarterback's not even under contract. Their best player on the team is a free agent. And most times, you immediately resign him. He's a running back. I'm not re-signing and overpaying a running back. They just saw the Kansas City Chiefs. The best running back they've had since Jamal Charles. It's a fucking seventh-round pick. God, that guy's good. Isaiah Pacheco's a monster. A monster. So it just shows you the NFC is wide open. But it's really not. There are like three or four teams that are dramatically better than everyone else. Starts with the Eagles and the 49ers and probably the Cowboys. The Vikings are clearly not on their tier. And the Giants... While I believe in their coach, just have a lot of holes on their roster and have some major free agents. So I just think the NFC kind of sucks. And part of the way your conference gets good or bad is the quarterbacks. Well, Jalen Hurts probably the best quarterback in the NFC. He would not be a top three quarterback in the AFC. Probably wouldn't be a top five quarterback in the AFC. So I, I would be bullish if I was the Eagles. Never easy losing a Super Bowl especially one where for a large percentage of the game, you outplayed them. One issue I do have with the Eagles, and I I mentioned this on Sunday night's pod, is that I'm a big believer in linebacker play, impact linebackers. Because when I got out of the NFL and I, I started getting into this business, I was around the 49er Harbaugh teams, and I saw the impact of Bowman and Willis. And then over the last four or five years with the 49ers, I saw the impact of Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. And watching the game yesterday, one massive disadvantage slash advantage was the linebacker play. The Eagles linebacker play isn't that good. The Chiefs linebacker play, just from a speed perspective and physicality perspective, is way better. Bolton, the young middle linebacker, is a stud. He's everywhere. Your your run defense is going to suck if your linebackers suck because this is not high school football. Just because you have Reddick, Hargrave, Sweat, they're not going to make every single play in the running game. Your linebackers are typically going to combine, let's say you got two starting linebackers, are going to combine for 20 tackles a game. So if those guys are not playmakers, you're at a disadvantage. You are not going to have, like there are going to be a lot of two-yard plays for teams with good linebacker plays, they're going to turn into seven-yard plays. And I, I thought that happened a lot. And the Eagles do not value the linebacker position. That is something that I would change. But we'll see. Now, I don't think they're going to take a guy with a 10th overall pick, but they need an impact linebacker. I, I think that's very, very important. So, fantastic game. Um, very, very fun season. A lot of storylines. A uh, lot of just meat. I mean, it, it was it, it was very, very enjoyable. And now we're basically on a 2023. And it, it starts here in a couple weeks of the Combine. And then we'll rock and roll right into free agency, which is not far away. And speaking of free agency, it became official that Derek Carr has asked, or I guess he, he wouldn't waive his no-trade clause. So essentially, the Raiders are going to cut him. And I'd argue the majority of deals that are made at a high level in any business, both sides got to feel pretty comfortable. The majority of deals being made are not one side getting railroaded. 
Now, it may lead out to that big picture long term, but at the time you sign the deal, there shouldn't be some huge disadvantage for one side. This is not, you know, a seller's market 2021 where every person selling a house was taking the buyer to the woodshed. Deshaun Watson and his agent against the Browns, like that was a one sided affair. Th- those are kind of outlier situations. Most contracts, right? Even like, remember, we all scratching our head over the Kyler Murray trade, or I mean, the Kyler Murray contract. We're like, how does this make any sense? Didn't make any sense. Like, when you paid and traded for Tyreek Hill and uh, Devontae Adams, it, it costs a lot. Trade assets and money. Both those guys delivered. I'd argue it was a win win for both organizations. Tyreek Hill was like the borderline MVP of the league. He was worth every penny. Same with Devontae Adams. Absolutely kicking ass. I like to have win-win deals. And the Raiders last year wanted, they couldn't upgrade their quarterback position. And because Derek was going to be a free agent after this season, they tried to kind of have their cake and eat it too by putting him on this modern-day contract of paying him essentially like high 30s, $40 million a year, but make it a year-to-year deal, which no starting quarterback signs anymore. Who's any good? Who's a top 15 quarterback? That's not the way that business is done. But the way that they got him to do that is they gave him this, you know, random arbitrary date, February 15th, that he had the right to, you had to pay me a month before free agency, and I get a no trade clause. Like I'm Giannis Antetokounmpo or, you know, fucking Luka Doncic. But they gave him that. And the moment they did, because think about this. Carson Wentz, massive contract, first-round pick traded for. Matt Ryan, shot, old, not good anymore, making a lot of money, third-round pick. Quarterbacks, because the scarcity in the market and the demand far outweighs the supply, even when you're, quote-unquote, damaged goods or making a lot of money, I can always trade you for for a second-day pick. And if you're just showing any signs of life, that pick might be in the second round, and sometimes it gets in the first round. Yet the Raiders, because they really like wanted, they wanted no part of giving Derek any truly guaranteed money, which is like, okay, you might as well, like looking back, that was, they should have just played it out. Because even if he was going to be a free agent, you know what they could do? They could tag him. And you know what they could do when they tagged him? They could trade him somewhere. But they don't have that right because they gave him this no trade clause. And now they're losing a quarterback who, yeah, he's coming off a bad season, but his resume kind of speaks for itself. He's like a top 11 to 15 quarterback. I got news for you. Those guys got fucking value. And the Raiders are going to get zero value. He's just going to walk. And they're oh, they saved some money. No money on the cap. I, I, I think that's just terrible business. And looking back, and I was thinking about this, thinking about like the Chiefs and Andy and Veach, how they're on the same page. They're really good at their job. Howie Roseman can just remake teams, can hire coaches, can draft quarterbacks, like just put his team in success. There is just no guarantee that the Josh McDaniels, Ziegler have any clue what they're doing because they are going to release a quarterback who's just going to walk for free. That is low-level NFL business. Some of these coaches moving places, uh, D'Amico Ryan, Ryan's has hired one of Kyle Shanahan's minions. It looks like both Eagles coordinators. Shane Steichen is going to be the Colts head coach, it kind of feels like Jonathan Gannon is going to be 
the uh, the Cardinals coach. Here's what I know. If I was hiring a coach, obviously leadership, uh, mental toughness, mental, you know, being able to handle stress and anyone at the top of the food chain, all the boxes you have to check about the wiring upstairs really matters. But I think being talented and having a point of difference as a scheme guy in 2023 is really important. And the one thing I'd say if I'm the Colts and I'm hiring Shane Steichen, I feel pretty good about that. I've seen him have a dominant offense, and I've seen him directly coach a quarterback who a couple years ago everyone would have agreed was limited, and two years later makes him an MVP-level candidate and a guy that easily could have won a Super Bowl. If I'm hiring D'Amico Ryans, I think I know he's a good leader. He's been a team captain. He's a high-level player. But then as a coach, as a defensive coordinator, he can lead a top defense. So I can see him scheming. Jonathan Gannon, if he is actually the Cardinals head coach, seems like a pretty big extreme because the people I know in Philly, they love the guy. I think as a human being, very impressive. People think very highly of the human, which is important. But I watch his defenses, and I just see a little something there to be desired. So, yeah, I can bring him to Arizona, and he can bring good character and leadership. But you also got a scheme on the field. And uh, this is why it's such a hard job to hire these coaches because it has to encompass so much. Like ultimately, you know what Andy brings to the table? Leadership, uh, ability to handle stress, tough situations, and coach the fucking team. Same thing with Sean Payton, same thing with Pete Carroll, same thing with Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. Some of these coordinators, like if your defense or offense wasn't that good, how are you going to be good now? And I, I think it's no different when you hire an offensive coordinator. When Robert Sala took LaFleur's brother, Mike LaFleur, to the Jets, he had obviously spent a lot of time with him in San Francisco, but he had never actually called plays. And then two years later, he has to fire him because clearly he was kind of over his head. And I see D'Amico doing the same thing. When you're a defensive coach or an offensive coach and you hire the opposite side of the ball, when you hire a younger coordinator who's never done it, that is a massive risk. And the number one thing I would do as a head coach early on would try to just mitigate risk, to just try to get the train back on the tracks, not to have everyone kind of learning on the job. And that was, I remember a guy told me a couple years ago, they're like, the one thing that's interesting about Sala's staff, every coordinator he has is a first-time coordinator. So you got a lot of people, and obviously he's a first-time head coach, that are just, think about yourself. Anytime you get the first time that you get hired to a job, the first time you walk into an office, take some time. The difference is a lot of jobs, there's some leeway. The pressure is not as crazy as, I don't know, running an offense or defense in the NFL where you get judged by millions of people 17 times a year. And uh, I'm fascinated with some of these hires. Some of them, are, most of them are going to fail. That's just a fact. Most of them are going to utterly fail. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see who it is, because you, you never know. I mean, I remember when, was it whatever Doug Peterson's year that he got hired, was it 15 or 16? He he got an F, and I think Hugh Jackson, you know, the, and the Browns got an A. So I, I can't pretend to have any clue, but I just know it's clearly not easy because most people are not good at that role. Okay, let's bang out a couple quick Middlecoff mailbag questions. Add John Middlecoff is the Instagram Fire in those DMs. 
Moving on from whether the call on Bradbury was the right call, it was. Allowing your defense to get a penalty in that spot is one of the all-time coaching blunders in history. At the house I was at, we all knew at the two-minute warning that a TD doesn't kill Philly, but a penalty does. Philly also called a timeout right before the play, so that's two times to rewind your defense of situational awareness for a coach who doesn't even call plays on either side. Bill Parcells here. If Sirianni didn't inform his team of this before the ball, then he deserves as much blame as Bradbury. Because if you aren't informing of time and situation, then what the fuck are you doing besides making hand gestures across the field while Hurt tells you to focus on the sideline? Losing Shane and Gannon could really fuck this team next year. Well, Gannon, to me, that's also on Gannon. Like part of it is situational awareness is also the defensive coordinator. Uh, when his defense was getting smoked in the second half. Good point. That is this is why we have the mailbag. Hadn't really thought about that because they were clearly cool with the very next play, letting them score. So under no circumstances can you get a penalty. It essentially loses you the game. So, I, you know, whether you play off, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good point. I mean, I, I always struggle with, you know, Sirianni, when he's doing, like, the Bash Brother things, it's like, bro, I mean, you're not calling the plays, so you're not some offensive genius. You know, are, are you really some great motivator? Like, you got guys that have won Super Bowls. Like, are you motivating Jason Kelsey or Lane Johnson or Brandon Graham? I'm not saying he's impacting them negatively, but, like, is he getting that much credit for those guys? Not really. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I hear you. Uh, it can't happen, but it did. And they lost is the not catchable factor only implicated on pass interference where they call holding, even if the ball isn't targeted at them. Good point. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it is, but they don't really call the, you know, that when the ref does over the head gesture on pass interference, it, it doesn't feel like they make that call ever. So I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm as anti-refs as anyone. I Now, I, I am the first to acknowledge it's a difficult job, but how consistently, I, I think it's so stupid. Like, on the play, Miles Sanders caught the ball and fumbled. He caught the ball. Like, that's a catch. What are we doing? Why are we, over, why are we making this so complicated? Like, I understand on plays... Devontae Smith's catch against the Niners clearly bounced off the ground. But there were a couple plays yesterday. It's like, yeah, that's a catch. Like, Miles Sanders caught the fucking ball, and then he got lit up, and the ball's on the ground. Like, we got to do a better job. Certain things are pretty black and white. Whether you're playing on the playground, whether you're playing in high school, or whether you're playing on the NFL, that's a catch. Dallas Goddard, that's a catch. You know, Devontae Smith against the Niners, that's a drop. We got to get these plays... We got to stop overthinking it. It just is not that complicated. John, what would you say is the biggest reason Patrick Mahomes has been so good other than going to Andy Reid and the Chiefs? It's a good question. Uh, I think he has a lot of physical characteristics that are elite in the NFL. Obviously has a special arm. He's very accurate with that arm. He can throw it from multiple platforms of his body while being a it's not like he's an athlete that can run away like Kyler or Lamar, but he is an excellent athlete, and he is very instinctive with his feet. 
So he's able to keep these plays alive and then make these throws that are incredibly difficult to make, but make them very accurately. And I think sometimes we overthink this. You're not born a great player, but I'd say by the time you're like in your teens, we all know whether you're playing high school football, whether you're playing pickup basketball, some guys just kind of got it, like the instincts of playing the sport. His instincts for playing football are elite. And then the coaching aspect of it, with the first couple years a little bit more of a gunslinger, now he's in complete control, and he's able to play compromised. So an element that I, it's impossible to quantify, but his brains to play the position. We don't discuss him because he's kind of the modern-day Favre, but he actually has some like, do you know what he is? He's Aaron Rodgers meets Brett Favre. If you combine those two players, that's what you'd get. You get the boast of best of both guys. The accuracy, the playmaking, the actual not turning the ball over in big spots, uh, the mesmerizing throws. Because he's not like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. He doesn't play like those guys, even though he can do the things that they do. But his athletic ability makes him pretty special. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you just watch him and you go, yeah, he's one of the best players I've ever seen. And part of it is like how smooth he is as a mover, how naturally he makes tough plays look, and just how miraculous he can be. Part of being a great player is is also going above and beyond. And I think he can he can go above and beyond and make a play that you just go wow, right? Michael Jordan could do that. Tiger Woods can do that. You know, great players in sports can do that. And I, Ken Griffey Jr., he's kind of got this, the production with the pizzazz, with the the leadership. I just think he's the total package. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, can we say Jalen Hurts is better than Lamar? Lamar has been dining off that MVP for three years and has done nothing in the playoffs. He is a competitor and says all the right things, but the weirdness with his mom, agent, and the contract stuff Meanwhile, Hertz played phenomenal in a loss and I think has developed into clearly a better passer than Lamar and close to a similar rushing threat. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I would say Jalen's much more of a power runner where Lamar's more of an explosive runner. So even if we say their running styles, you know, close to, you know, canceling each other out, I'm with you. I, I think Jalen is a much better outside the numbers passer. Uh, I, what I think he has a chance to become is the go route that that uh, Russell Wilson, you know, kind of dominated for so long that outside the numbers just kind of airball. He kind of has that down. Now he's never going to pick you apart, but neither is Lamar. But he actually made some throws last night or two nights ago. I guess if you're listening to this two nights ago, the Goddard throw at the sideline. He made some fantastic throws. So yeah, I, I would say he. He is a better thrower. If you were betting on a player, uh, I, I know this. If I could get Jalen for cheaper than Lamar, I, I would take Jalen. I, I feel like Jalen, just a stronger, feels like a more durable athlete. Now, you could also argue he got hurt this year too. You know, when running is such a huge part of your game, like it is for those two guys, health is always going to be somewhat of a concern because you're just going to take some hits that even a Mahomes can avoid, right? And it's just not going to run into. 
because running the ball, I mean, think about their two-point play. When they had to have it, what'd they do? They ran the smart play. They ran basically like a quarterback sweep. And they did that a couple times, some quarterback draws. And when it hits, he's a natural runner, man. He he really is. Uh, I, I would be, if I was an Eagles fan, and just a fan of football, like he's a legit top 10 quarterback. We could not have said that a year ago. His improvement was, I would say it's one of the crazier one first to second year starting jumps. I know it's his third year, but like full-time starter last year to this year, what an incredible amount of improvement in a short period of time. Mailbag. My Vikings are in a weird spot this offseason. We have 20 plus million over the cap and we'll be losing multiple starters to free agency. Center, nose tackle, cornerback. Additionally, due to trades, we only have five picks in the upcoming draft. It's pretty obvious Cam will be attempting to trade away cap casualties. I guess that's your GM. Like Cook, Hunter, and Thielen. Who would you keep and who would you let go? I would say one element to your team that is a reason that you have lost in the playoffs this year and a couple years ago, there's a softness to your to your line. You need a better offensive line. Now, I know the left tackle you hit on this year looks to be a really good player. I would always invest in offensive linemen. Now, Thielen, sometimes as a player gets older, there's nothing you can do. Uh, the backup running back for you is a very, very physical runner. It feels like some of your core guys on defense have got a little longer in the tooth just because they're older, you know, even though they're still highly productive players. But your pass defense has been pretty shitty now for a while. Your cornerback situation is not good. Patrick Peterson, stud human being, can't run. You know, it's kind of like Xavier Rhodes toward the end. He just couldn't cover anybody. So it's hard. I mean, this is why you pay the general manager. I'd have to do like a full breakdown of your roster and see... You know, you're going to be very predicated on playmakers. You got Justin Jefferson. You have Cousins under contract. I would keep, and again, I, I haven't followed it closely enough. You're going to get rid of Dalvin Cook. I, I know he gets banged up, but God, he's still a pretty damn good player. Where are you going to get your pass rush from? Right, so if you're cutting Hunter, like, who's your pass rusher? Like, a couple years ago, felt like you, you had a pretty good front. You had a really good defense. And now that defense doesn't feel as good anymore. So part of the reason, like, the Chiefs are having success, obviously Mahomes plays big, their defense is pretty good. Like, the Eagles defense, the Niners defense, the Cowboys defense. When you have a good defense, it takes less pressure, or it takes pressure off your offense. When your defense sucks, like, you play in some of these games, you've got to score every single drive. Hell, that kind of happened to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. It's like, if if they're not scoring here, they're in trouble. Okay, let's call that a show, a little post-Super Bowl show. Keep it a little shorter. And uh, need you guys in the mailbag, at John Middlecoff, fire in those DMs. Questions on football, questions on the draft, questions on life, questions on whatever. You know, I'm bored, offseason. Keep them coming. And, uh, and let's rock and roll. Let's enjoy these next couple months. And uh, keep the podcast rolling. Thanks, for everyone, for listening. Talk to you soon. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. 
like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.